Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com. I'm Daniel Gumby Vreeland, joined here with Shockwave Dave Tremonte, and we've got another amazing show lined up for you guys today. Let me give you the quick rundown of what we're going to be doing today. First, I'll be talking with Anthony Rocco Martin about going up a weight class, his upcoming matchup, and who's on steroids. Plus, we'll be going around the league. We'll be talking about everything that happened this past weekend on a phenomenal fight card, plus an upcoming championship matchup that you may not have seen coming. And we'll hit our top five countdown, the famed combat countdown. This week, we'll be counting down the top five MMA presidential candidates. That's right, five fighters who you might vote into the White House should you have no other choice. And then we'll wrap it all up with our UFC Prague breakdown, the top three fights from UFC Prague. And, you know, I've always got an underdog in there for you, so make sure that you tune in to that. Before you do, though, I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by ADK Fightwear. ADK Fightwear has got the best high-quality fight gear at the low, low prices that you wish you could find anywhere else. So go to adkfightwear.com, check them out. You can use our promo code TURTLE, that's T-U-R-T-L-E, all lowercase, and that's going to give you 20% off. And now, while you might already love the 20% off, what you're really going to love there is that their prices are low enough that you don't even need the 20% off. You can get their arm bars and stripes rash guard. It is a rash guard that looks like the American flag, only it's got you know, jujitsu belts instead of stripes. It's real sharp. I've had it for a really long time. It holds up against the test of time. I've washed it a hundred times, rolled it in a hundred times, and it still looks like it's brand new. You can get that on their site for just 25 bucks. So when you use the promo code TURTLE, T-U-R-T-L-E, you're going to get five more bucks off that brand new, beautiful rash guard that holds up just 20 bucks. You're not going to find it anywhere else. So go to adkfightwear.com. ADK Fightwear brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. This is Daniel Gumby Greenland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to Anthony Rocco Martin, who fights Sergio Marias on UFC on ESPN Plus 4 in Wichita on March 9th. Anthony, you're 3-0 and at 170 pounds now, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that weight cutting, because obviously you look and feel much better up a weight class. What do you feel is the biggest difference? Is it the physical aspect of the game? Is it the mental aspect of the game? No, I mean, it's just that mental. You know, now I literally eat whatever I want. I have uh, my coach came out here last week, and he was chasing me around because I was eating ice cream and uh, kind of just eating candy and I pretty much do whatever I want with uh, food now, which I think is a huge stress relief for me. And that's been the biggest, biggest change. And, and you, so you said you're eating ice cream and candy. So obviously you're, you're not cutting a terrible lot of weight because here we are only, you know, a couple weeks out of a, out of a fight here. How much weight are you cutting to get to 170? Well, actually, I'm a little heavier now than I have been. Uh, I'm walking, I'm making up about like 86 right now, 87. And so that's me. Like, like I said, you know, that's eating ice cream, eating whatever I want. Uh, maybe hit some McDonald's once in a while. Um, honestly, you know, I, I just try to just whatever I feel like doing is kind of what I do. As long as I'm training hard, I feel good. And uh, the weight, the weight will come off pretty easy. So that's awesome too, that you can focus more, a little bit more on the, the mental side of the game. Is, is this a difference that you think, you know, not a lot of people realize? Is this something you think more people should go for? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it's just whatever makes you feel comfortable. But uh, I think, yeah, the game's too much around weight cutting. And you could tell, you know, these guys that uh, I originally went down to 155 because I trained with Brock Larson, and he was, I felt like he was so much bigger. But, you know, later in my career, I started realizing that it, it, it's not the same guy that always gets in there that you train with. You know, you train with them, and then they're, you know, they feel so much bigger and stronger. And then all of a sudden, they cut that weight and they, they don't feel the same anymore. So it's kind of one of those things that, you know, after training down here on American top team, that it was the right decision to move to 70. And I do feel like already there's kind of been a little change where uh, a lot of guys have been moving up and the, the, the guys aren't quite as big anymore. Yeah. And that's sort of what I was going to ask next too, is that like sort of you, you are part of this growing trend where there are less and less people cutting weight, more and more people going up a division to try that out and, and having success doing it. Were you inspired by seeing somebody do it or was it something that you just decided mentally was best for you? No, nah, mentally best for me, but obviously I, I, I think it a lot relates to all the, everyone was on some, some soft, you know, they're all gassed out of their mind. So I think that, you know, they're able to train more, and we're able to get a little leaner going into fights. And now you see, uh, you know, those guys aren't as big anymore. So they, they are, they're having to move down or move up. Or, but I think that, uh, no, I just honestly, it's, I knew it was coming. I knew I was going to move up to 170, and, and I plan on uh, staying here and, and become a world champion. Yeah, well, that certainly makes a lot of sense given the the success you've had there. Now, I want to talk about what you said just there a second ago about people being on the sauce, particularly at 155, um, looking lean. Do you feel like people you fought were, were on the sauce? What, what do you feel like uh, is, is sort of the, the trend there at 155 pounds? Yeah, I don't know. All I know is that I feel like everyone that I lost to is trending down and I'm trending up. So that's that's pretty much all I see. Uh I think that, you know, it's been a, I, I, I do think it was a huge part of the sport was uh, using extracurriculars and, and, and uh, using uh, steroids and all that stuff. And I think that, you know, I, I, I benefited now. Now I'm benefiting even more because I never used anything. So now I'm the same fighter and uh, even getting better every single time. And these guys are all falling off. So I, I, mean, I think that that's been a pretty big trend. Yeah, that, that that definitely is true of the the people who you've lost to. Not to point any fingers, but the, the trend for you is certainly a lot better than the trend for them. Um, do, do you feel like Usada has been a, a huge influence there too? Do you feel like Usada is doing enough to curb it? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that uh, it's a major step in the right direction. I'm happy for it because obviously, you know, I don't use anything. I've never used anything, and and it's only going to benefit me. So the more testing they do is the better for me. So, I mean, they, they could test once a week and I would be happy with that. Wow. So, in, so you're all, all game for not only what we have, but you would hope for even more testing in the future. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just think that it obviously evens the playing field. You know, I think that with the even playing field, uh, I think I'm the best fighter in the world. So nice. So, and, and now I guess I got to ask you, you know, since we, this turned into a conversation a little bit about steroids, uh, you know, obviously the current event in the news right now is, you know, John Jones being having tested positive for whatever was left in his system and getting licensed to fight again in, in just a couple of weeks. Uh, is there a, you know, a you have thoughts on, on what he tested positive for, or whether or not you think he's still on the sauce, whether you think USADA is doing enough? Uh, 
John Jones is a cheater for sure, one hundred percent a cheater, and pretty much everything in his life. And he just seems like he's just like a scumbag person to me. And, and honestly, it's just like uh, it's one thing after another. When there, when there's fifteen things that are adding up to one thing, it's just just a scumbag. So he's a fake. He's so fake too. You see him where he tries to act like you see him in these embedded and stuff and trying to do all this weird shit. It's on. It's honestly. It's it's kind of gross just watching it but no i think he's a scumbag i think he's a cheater and uh, i don't i don't see a good spot for him in the sport well i certainly saw that answer sort of coming given your your previous stance on steroids too so let, let's shift gears a little bit let's talk a little bit about your upcoming fight because it's an exciting one for for me and i think for a lot of people here especially for you it, it's pretty much a hometown fight for you i mean it's not a hometown hometown fight for you but it's probably as close as you've had to a hometown fight do, do you got a lot of people coming out for it? Do you have, uh, you know, maybe some nerves that you got more people coming out? Uh, yeah, I actually do have quite a bit of people coming out. Uh, so, it, you know, I'm from the Midwest. I'm going to I'm gonna put on a hell of a show. And, I, you know, it's not going to add any nerves because I'm coming out there, you know, to take him out. You know, I'm going to come out there. My game plan is not going to change. My fighting style is not going to change. And pretty much, you know, I just told everyone, listen, I'll see you guys after the fight. And then we can get wild, but uh, no added pressure. But I, you know, I'm gonna go out there and do my thing. So what's what's get wild out in the Midwest for you? Seeing as you know you're you're training mostly in Florida now, what do what do you owe the people of the Midwest still? <laughs> uh, I mean, if we're gonna get wild. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about renting a place out, you know, so I could be halfway safe, so we're not running around downtown <laughs> Wichita. Uh, but I've never been to Wichita. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I think there's going to be, you know, like 40 people that I know that are going to be out there at least. So that's just like personally knowing them. So it's going to get pretty wild. So that seems like an exciting time. Now, obviously, I want to talk a little bit about Sergio Marias, too. He's also a big, muscly sort of guy. Um, it, he seems like since you've moved to 170, he's probably got the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu pedigree out of any of the people you've fought so far. You know, how does that come into play when you're you're game planning this one? You know, are you doing extra prep work jujitsu wise? No, honestly, I've been so tired of hearing about his jujitsu that <laughs> it's gotten like, I because every time I go to his, I watch his fights, ninety five percent of it's all striking, mm -hmm. and I'm like, he doesn't have good wrestling. His jujitsu is very gi oriented, and it, it, he's got three submissions. It's not like he's going out there submitting all these guys mm -hmm. and he fought fucking ooh, Ben Saunders. Ben Saunders pulls guard. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like he, you grab Ben Saunders toe, he falls over. So of course he's going to fucking submit him. <laughs> and then, uh, he's not really, you know, Tim means doesn't have the greatest wrestling. He can't even take down Tim means. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, honestly, I, I don't think he's grappling nearly. I think his grappling is very overrated for, for, uh, MMA grappling. You know, I, I don't think his MMA grappling is that good. And honestly, I, I think I could easily catch him on the ground. So I think that if he starts taking sloppy shots, that I'm, I'm going to submit him. And if 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 he wants to have an all striking fight, that's that's more power to him. And that's exactly what I want. So that'll be certainly exciting if you do get that kind of fight. Now, obviously, you know you're not looking past Sergio Marias, but you know a win here puts you at four zero in the division, and you haven't really been in the division for a real long time. Do you got goals for 2019? You looking to fight two or three times? Where are you looking to wind up in the end of this uh, end of this year? Yeah, no, obviously, you know, I do think Sergio's a tough fighter, but uh, I, I truly believe in my ability. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him out. 
and that'll be three finishes in a row as well at 170. And outside of anyone out of the 15, top 15, it wouldn't make any sense. So I'm going to try to fight three, four times this year. I'm, I'm willing to fight as much as possible. And honestly, you know, I'm not trying to overlook anything, but I'm trying to get on that Chicago card right after this. So I'm going to be telling uh, uh, Sean right away, hey, get me on that Chicago card. Give me someone give, give me someone in the top 15 and let, let's get after it. I think that, you know, I'm just coming into my zone now and I'm really uh, capable of beating anyone in the world. Well, we'd certainly love to see you in that card. But first, we've got to watch you in Wichita. Once again, this was Anthony Rocco Martin who fights Sergio Marais in Wichita on UFC on ESPN Plus 4 on March 9th. Anthony, we thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. And that interview with Anthony Rocco Martin is brought to you by Maroon. Maroon is the one and only BJJ tracking app for your smartphone. That's right. You can download this app. And what it's going to do is it's going to give you all kinds of ways to track your progress as you get better and better at BJJ. So head to the Apple Store, head to Google Play, head to wherever it is you get your apps, and type in M-A-R-U-N-E. And what you're going to find there is you're going to find the app. Once you've downloaded it, go ahead and set up your profile. The profile is really simple. You type in your name. You get your belt level on there. It's really cool and personalized. I've got mine set up right now. You get to see my purple belt if you want. You can see where I train and how often I train. Plus, they've got all kinds of other cool features. Like, for instance, you can check your weight. You can set some weight goals for yourself. And then you can log in your training session. So, you know, last night I went to training. I trained for two hours. So you punch in the amount of time you trained, how long you rolled, what different techniques you worked on. You can make some little notes so that you remember for next time. It is awesome. You can track everything in one place. And plus, there's an overview so that you can check in on how often am I training. I'm saying I'm training three times a week, but is it only one time? Hold yourself accountable. Track it all. Check in with your friends. It is a social media app for BJJ lovers, and I highly suggest it. Once again, that's Maroon, M-A-R-U-N-E. Check them out today. I, of course, as I said before, am Daniel Gumby Vreeland, joined by my co-host, Shockwave Dave Tremonti. Dave, what do you think about his comment on steroid use in MMA? Yo, let me tell you something. When he first said it, I was like, eh, I don't know about that. But then I had the Top Turtle intern do a little research, and my man's Anthony Rocco Martin is 6-1 and one since USADA testing was in place, the one loss being to uh, Olivier Aubin Marseille, which is no shame, and some people even think he won the fight. I don't know. He might have a point. He's kind of like the inverse of Henan Burrell, who's one in six <laughs> since USADA testing. So I'm going with it. I believe it. Yeah, I, I not only believe it and think that that has been huge for his career, because, I mean, it's very possible that we're, we're seeing a lot of people who are losing the juice. But also on top of that, too, I think his move to 170 pounds is so smart. I think more people ought to take that route. I think that that's a route you're going to see happening more and more versus people losing weight like we used to see. And, it, I mean, it's working great for him. You, you don't beat Jake Matthews, a crazy, muscly 170, without some real fucking ground skills. Yeah, and speaking of ground skills, if you're into submission wins, check out our new Instagram account, submission underscore two win, dedicated to the world of submission wins in MMA. Anyway, cheap plug aside, I'm with you, boss. This is another example where uh, moving up in weight is actually to the betterment of the fighter, and we need more and more examples of that. 
to show people, you know, they don't have to kill themselves to make weight. All right, we'll move on, though. Uh, we're going to move to, I don't know, I guess our favorite segment on the Top Turtle MMA podcast. It's Fastest Fight News. We give you all the fight news you need in 15 minutes or less, or your podcast is free. Now, I'm going to give a little peek behind the curtain to Top Turtle MMA listeners. Gumby and I do extensive pre-production to our shows. <laughs> we plot out what we're going to say. We have an intern. We're on Flow Combat. I don't know if you know that or not. We're a pretty big fucking deal. We do pre-production just like any professional show. And I'm going to throw it out the window right now. Gumby thought we were going to lead off with some big news items. Francis Naganu, Kane Velasquez, uh, interim middleweight title fight. Gumby, I'm throwing a curveball because to me, to me, Nothing is bigger than Cron Gracie's debut where he rear-naked <laughs> joked Alex Caceres almost to death. What do you think of the performance? Uh, I'm going to tell you that my favorite part of that whole thing, the, my favorite part of his fight, wasn't the fact that he came out through a little hands. It wasn't the choke itself. My favorite part of that fight is the way that he laced his legs in between Caceres's bounced <laughs> off the cage and rolled him dude that is some high level shit and also it felt very reminiscent of and catch me if you you haven't seen this fight it felt very reminiscent of uncle henzo earlier this year early well last year earlier last year in one fc that takedown is not dissimilar to the one that that uncle henzo got Wow. Yeah, I, I think I, I mean, I can't really fully recall it off the top of my head, but it sounds vaguely familiar. I obviously believe you. That's freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I was just, first of all, he's 5-0 and in MMA with five submissions. Uh, Damian Maya S, to say the least. And I was very impressed with his demeanor. I think Dom Cruz brought it up. He came in number three on our top five fighters turned announcers, color analysts which we broke down last week on our other favorite segment on the show, The Combat Countdown. Go back in the archives and listen to that. But I believe Dom Cruz brought it up that he could kind of sit there, almost just load up on his feet and throw haymakers down the center because he wasn't really worried about anyone taking him down, in this case, Alex Caceres, and won't be going forward. And it's really interesting, at the 145-pound division, there are some... Just very interesting style fighters, specialist fighters, all-around fighters. First of all, you have Crone Gracie now, jiu-jitsu specialist. Ryan Hall, also a jiu-jitsu specialist. Then you have Zabit Magomed Shaparov, who is a video game-esque striker, but also has phenomenal go-forward grappling skills. You have Yair Rodriguez, who's also a bit of a video game. And then you have Alex Volkanovsky, who... It has Khabib S top control and ground and pound. And that's not to even mention that you still have Brian Ortega, who's a jiu-jitsu specialist, no. call him T-City because of his triangles. And the champion of the division, Max Holloway, is, I think, one of the best all-around fighters in all of MMA. What a fucking division right now. Yeah, and it seems wrong to start talking about Kron Gracie in the same sentence as some of those other guys. But before we, we get, you know, like shouted at for, for all that shit, and you can shout at us at Top Turtle MMA if you, uh, on Twitter if you really hate this take, but he has beaten some legit guys outside. You know, it's, he's only 5-0, and oh, but he did beat Tetsuya Kawajiri 
uh, over in Japan, he has gotten some high-level wins, and submitting Tetsuya Kawajiri is no, no, uh, you know, it's a feather in his cap, to so to speak, in the MMA world. So I, I think he's got some legit wins. Alex Caceres has 20 UFC fights. Um, so, you know, those two facts put together, I think he's already nipping at the bottom of the top 15. Yeah, I, I was very impressed just by Alex. The Alex Caceres win just on the fact alone of how much experience mm-hmm. Caceres had. I agree with you. I, you want to put him in top 15. This is one of those, you know, rookie prospects that you can just kind of, you know, take to the top. Uh, and obviously with the Gracie last name, the UFC marketing machine is going to like it. Uh, doesn't hurt that he's a good looking kid, you know, in a Sage Northcutt-esque way. We know the UFC loves that. So he's going to get uh, a lot of hype behind him. Yeah, and the, All o- right, the so... only thing he could have done better was have Hickson in his corner. Let's be real. We all want yeah. to see Hickson. Where, yeah, where was Hickson in his corner? Where I, I, was I don't know. I was I was bummed when I looked in the corner and saw Nate Diaz and not Hickson. <laughs> yeah, uh, so just in case, you know, you're not a jiu-jitsu nerd like us, Hickson, uh, really known as the toughest of all the Gracies, Art Davey, who we've had on the show, Uncle Art, as we call him, wanted to get Hickson in the early UFCs. Price could never be met. He launched Pride Fighting. He fought in Pride 1 and fought in Pride 4 as well. Uh, That all being said, that's Crone's father. So hell of a lineage Crone comes from. All right, we'll move on to what I guess, you know, if we were doing a normal MMA show, would have been (laughs) the lead. Francis Naganu, uh, TKO win over Cain Velasquez. Looked like Kane popped his knee, but let's not get it twisted. He was getting hit before the knee popped. Uh, where do you go with Francis Naganu off this massive win? And what do you do with Kane Velasquez as well? Well, first I'm going to tell you that the reason that his knee popped was because he fell awkwardly because he was mostly unconscious. I'm going to lead off with that. That's why his knee popped. Secondly, uh, I'm going to say for Francis Naganu, Shit, man, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I think a title shot is the right answer, but I, I'm not mm-hmm. positive that he's worked on his takedown defense enough to be ready for Daniel Cormier, right? Like, his takedown defense wasn't enough for Steve Miocic last time out, and and since then I've seen less than a minute of him in action, right? Like, I mean, other than if you count the, the Derek Lewis fight, which I don't even count as being Francis Naganu. I've seen him in two fights. He shucked two half-hearted takedowns and knocked two guys out in less than 30 seconds. So, like, I think the next move should be DC. I think it's marketable. I think it's a smart matchup. I think it sells a ton of pay-per-views. And, yeah, I'm still not sure that that's what I want to see next, but I'm going to say that's right. Um, For Kane, I think just, just find somebody to give him a step back, but also a competitive fight. Somebody like Alexi Olenek or Alexander Volkov, those are two very winnable fights for Kane, um, and, and interesting enough that like it would help move him back up into the the title picture. I don't want to give him anybody too heavy yet, so like give him somebody he can beat. That those would be probably be my two picks. I I'd probably pick Olenek because I like Olenek's submission style. Yeah. Okay. Well, I gotta tell you, I think it's DC all day. I know what you're saying. We haven't seen a ton of fight time from Francis to truly know if he has improved the takedown defense, but you know what? If he was good enough to knock out Cain Velasquez and shuck one takedown, I think he could shuck one takedown from DC and knock DC out. Yeah, that, so, that, that one hand is is enough to make me think, like, well, it could happen. Yeah, 
definitely could. All right. Uh, what about Kane? Is he going to WWE? Not with that body. Spoiler alert. What do you do with him? Is that it for him? Who so, do you match him up with if he is coming so, back? So like I said a second ago, I'd like to see him against Alexi Olenek. Oh, no. So that's who I meant against Alexi Olenek. Maybe I messed up my pronouns there. But I'd like to see him against Alexi Olenek. Um, and, and to be honest, for, for Kane, I don't think he's leaving. He, he said all that stuff before about thinking – that like maybe I'll walk out, maybe I'll go to WWE, maybe if it's not working, I'll go here, I'll go there, I'll go. He's staying in the the UFC. He he made it sound like he was staying in the UFC in the post fight speech. He made it sound like it to to um in in the cage to Francis Naganu afterwards. There's been no indication he's walking away. And as far as I'm concerned, I expect to see him in probably by the end of the year. Wait, I'm sorry, what'd you say? See him in what? I expect to see him in the UFC again by the end of the year. No, but what'd you say? Oh, he said in the cage, like, uh, this wasn't the, the... He said something like, this wasn't the best of me, and, you know, like, props to Francis. But what what did you say? You said, I expect to see him blank by the end of the year. Oh, I expect to see him in the cage again by the end of the year. Okay, sorry. I thought I'm so confused. I thought you said I expect to see him in Pride by the end of the oh, year, shit. and I got so excited. I'm like, they're resurrecting Pride. I'm in. And Kane Velasquez is going to be in the first fight. There, there are All probably right. some fun, freaky fights over in Ryzen for him. Yeah. Oh, dude, send Kane to Ryzen and give him all the steroids. All right. Um, where are we going from here? Oh yeah. So Israel Adesanya and Kelvin Gastelum are going to match up in April for the interim middleweight title so obviously Robert Whitaker is going to be out for an extended period of time this feels like the right move to me what says you yeah it's like the only interim title fight I've ever gotten behind right like it makes sense for the first time that we have one right because we have this like blank slate timetable for for Robert Whitaker so like yeah Robert Whitaker could be better in four weeks but Matt Damon said he's going to be out longer so and everybody's sitting here like what like what the fuck does that mean so for the first time, we're like, we generally have a question mark about a champion, his health, and we have a guy who already earned his title shot, and a guy who, in theory, earned his title shot. Just fucking have him fight. This is perfect. And what's going to happen is, is Israel Adesanya is probably going to blast Kelvin, and it's going to make that New Zealand versus Australia matchup even sweeter when it finally happens. I like it. Um, you know, as we go around the league, uh, one other thing, or really all of MMA, it's worth noting how bad a weekend Bellator had. Uh, why don't you run us through the main events of Friday and Saturday night and where Bellator goes from here? Oof, yeah, I mean, like, some really shitty things happen. So first of all, you know, a lot of people th- thinking that, like, MVP winning is a good thing. It is a good thing, but what it exposed was MVP can be taken down really easily. And when you look at that welterweight Grand Prix, probably, like, the worst part of it is that it's filled with dudes who can take him down, right? Like, if Paul Daly took him down, like, now he's got to fight Douglas Lima. N- then he's got to fight Neiman Gracie, Rory McDonald, or by some fucking miracle, he might have to fight John Fitch. All of those guys can take him down and beat the piss out of him. So, like, unless he makes a huge change, that's terrible. Other terrible things that happen, like, we got that Matt Mitrione, Sergey Karatanov, 15-second nut kick, no contest. That's fucking exhausting and sad that that happened. Um, then you had freaking Vitaly Minikov, your, like, Russian go-to guy in Bellator, 21-0 heavyweight, is, like, one of the best... 
you could set him up to fight Ryan Bader and instead he loses to Shaq Congo. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't really want to see, like, Shek Congo versus Ryan Bader. That that sounds exhausting. So, I mean, like, a lot of bad things happened. I will say the one thing that I think is good that happened for them is that uh, Miracle Crocop beat Roy Nelson, which I'm a little upset about. I'm a, I'm a Roy Nelson guy. But Miracle Crocop beating Roy Nelson clearly sets up the... Fedor versus Mirko Krokop goodbye fight for Fedor, which I think is the fight we all wanted to see. Yeah, I like that a lot. And so just to catch everyone up, uh, MVP beat Daly three rounds to two on Saturday night. Uh, and, you know, controversial, very boring fight. And then, of course, on Friday night, uh, you had Matt Mitrione with the nut shot heard around the world. Um, is that fight going to be redone or what did they say I think about it that? sounds like it's going to be rebooked um i mean i guess there's no reason not to rebook it there's also not it doesn't feel like a reason to book it right like if you were like well manitrion's not going to fight karatanov now he's going to fight fucking vitaly minikov or he's going to fight you know like this guy or that javi ayala or like you know like you you could book him with other people i'm not going to be like heartbroken i didn't get to see that fight right so like yeah, I mean, like, it probably will get rebooked. I think that that makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, all right, well, that kind of does it for Bellator. Uh, let's move on to our other favorite segment on the show. It's the Combat Countdown. Uh, and in honor of President's Day, we decided to do the top five MMA presidential candidates, uh, asterisk, they cannot be retired. So I know everyone wants to throw out Brian Stan and Tim Kennedy. Yes, Brian Stan and Tim Kennedy would make wonderful presidents, especially Brian Stan. I would vote for Brian Stan right away. But we wanted to put the caveat on current, current fighters. So without further ado, we will get to that. But I want to tell you that this combat countdown is brought to you by a tremendous fight clothing company. So good of a fight clothing company that my dogs are barking about it. I'm talking about ADK Fightwear. Meet us at the top. ADK Fightwear, local New York fight company. They are out of the great state of New York. They have awesome designs. They look good. They feel good. I wear them when I do my jiu-jitsu. Gumby wears it when he does his jiu-jitsu. We love ADK Fightwear, and we're not just saying that because we sponsor them. It was a partnership that we came to because we actually loved ADK Fightwear before they ever got involved in the show, so it made a ton of sense. A perfect marriage, as they say. A marriage made in heaven. So head on over to ADKFightwear.com, enter in promo code TURTLE, and get yourself 10% off. Wait, no. What, what's that? I'm reading this right here. It's not 10%. It's 15%. I apologize. Gumby, am I right when I say it's 15%? It's just 15%, right? No, it is 20% off. You get 20% off. Yes, that's right. 20% off when you enter promo code TURTLE, T-U-R-T-L-E, all lowercase. Make sure it's lowercase. And that gets you some sweet gear. All right. Without further ado, we will then move to our top five presidential MMA candidates. And I want to start. We had some tremendous honorable mentions. We threw this uh, question out to our Twitter, at MMA. Got some good feedback. Our honorable mentions are kind of on the funny variety side uh, President Derek Lewis. That could be funny. Uh, I think the cookouts, 
at the White House would be on fleek if uh, President Derek Lewis graced us with his presence in the White House. And then we also, of course, had the controversial and only MMA fighter to ever be in the Oval Office, President Colby Covington. Uh, we'll let you just run with that, whether you love or hate Colby Covington. Now let's move to the real top five. The top five people we would want to see actually be president. Gumby, let's kick it off. No better way. It's President Cowboy Cerrone. <laughs> yeah, Donald Cerrone, first of all, it, like, emanates America, doesn't he? Like, you just look at him and he looks like America. So that's a good first yeah. reason to vote for him. Uh, and then the second reason, maybe, uh, you know, he's he's kind of relaxed. I, I think we could all use a little to relax a little bit more when it comes to politics. So uh, Cowboy Cerrone helps us take that back a notch and... Uh, he, he certainly does love this country. So uh, I'm going with Cowboy Cerrone at number five. All right. Cowboy Cerrone, not a bad pick. Like you said, he is relaxed. I think he would bring just an air of uh, jovialness to the White House, which <laughs> could be used. Uh, we'll go to number four. And I really like this pick. We threw it out to Twitter, which female MMA fighter would make the best president. And she won overwhelmingly with 44% of the vote against Liz Carmouche, Thug Rose, President Roxanne, who I was really rooting for, but coming in at number four, it's President Preacher's daughter. Yeah, Holly Holm is a fun pick here, too. And when you post that question, I thought Liz Carmouche was going to get it all for being uh, a, a vet. But Holly Holm does have that, like, quality about her that she's, like, very eloquent. She says the right thing. She's also a really wholesome person. If you ever see her, like, working with kids with wholesome. disabilities in uh, at Jackson Wink, like, she's just, like, an overall great person who, like, also, like, shows that she's really confident and can take control of situations. So, yeah, I liked Holly Holm as the pick. I thought it was surprising that the Twitter followers liked it, but once they suggested it, I loved it. I think the world would be a better place with President Preacher's daughter. We'll move then to number three. He carries a very important swing state, so I think he could actually win. It's President Stipe Miocic. Yeah, not only does he carry the swing state, but he also uh, has got a lot of that, like, middle class, uh, like, tough, you know, working, hardworking uh, sort of guy. He's a fireman. He's the fireman. He brings his lunch pail. To, he's a lunch pail guy. You know what I mean? He's a lunch uh, pail guy. Yeah. yeah. He's got a lunch pail. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think, yeah, Stephen Miocic would resonate a lot with the, with the American middle class. So I think he would get elected. And on top of that, too, he's always really super composed when you're in interviews with him. You've never seen him fly off the handles. You, you always see him just getting the job done, making sure that he says things in the, the most proper of ways. Stephen Miocic is a stand up guy well said we'll move to number two this one got also a lot of feedback <laughs> uh on the positive side and honestly i wouldn't be surprised if it happens i think he <laughs> ran for local office if i'm not mistaken in his home state of oregon and we're of course talking about president uncle shale yeah shale sudden i think would be not surprising at all this dude can talk anybody into anything <laughs> Remember when he talked us into letting him fight fucking uh, John Jones? Remember when he talked us into thinking the Anderson Silva first fight should be a good idea? Dude, the dude has talked people into crazy ideas over and over again, and somehow he's talked his way into having his own ESPN show now. Like, this dude 
is amazing at selling himself, which, I mean, like, to be elected president, that's what you have to be good at. You have to sell yourself. So, Shale Sonnen would be able to sell himself, and he'd be able to sell people on a lot of his ideas, probably. Yeah, I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. In the two-party system, you get past your primary, and all you got to do is just badmouth your opponent in the actual general election. I mean, Shale would destroy whoever he's up against in a debate. There just wouldn't even be a, a chance against his opponent, or his opponent wouldn't stand a chance. So I love President Sonnen. I love his chances of winning. And I honestly, I'm not even saying this, I actually believe Shale Sonnen could win if he got... Uh, past his primary. All right, we'll move then to numero uno, and I really love this choice. He's an all-around great guy. He took to commentating uh, like a fish in water, and I think he would take the politics just the same. He's an adaptable guy. He's a very smart guy. It's President D.C. Yeah, D.C. does his fair share of smack-talking, too, which I, I know you mentioned with Shale Sonnen. He's maybe not as good as Shale Sonnen, but I will say uh, DC definitely has really good points all the time. He's super, super eloquent. He knows how to like control who he's talking to and what he's talking about. You know, some people think that John Jones got the best of him from time to time trash talking. I'll tell you this: John Jones got the best of him in the cage. John Jones definitely didn't get the best of him out of the cage because DC talks a pretty good game. Plus, on top of that, he's represented America as a wrestler, too. So, you know, he's got that, like, good, wholesome background as well. So, yeah, I love Daniel Cormier as the pick. And, and overwhelmingly, you guys on Twitter love Daniel Cormier as an option, which I was shocked by, too. But once you suggested it, I loved it, too. All right, so let's review. Number five, President Cowboy. Number four, President Preacher's Daughter. Number three, President Stipe. Number two, President Sonnen. And number one, President D.C. I actually really believe our top three are electable. I'm not just saying that. <laughs> Hit us up on our Twitter, at Top Turtle MMA, if you love the list, if you hate the list. We're accepting both love and hate feedback. I also got to say I'm a little pissed. I'll say this live. This is something maybe I would say when we usually go off the air. I'm kind of pissed we forgot about President Uncle Frankie. Frankie Edgar is president? Come on! He's yeah, he's kind of quiet, president. though. He's kind of quiet. He is. Yeah, I think he is more quiet. people he got, would yeah. have suggested him if he was more outspoken. Hey, I was going to say, he's kind of a go-with-the-flow guy. Mm. Uh, also under consideration was President Regan Al, but I think <laughs> he'd be a better Secretary of Defense or uh, just something that, you know, he's in charge of our wars, not necessarily our politics. All right, uh, that was the Combat Countdown. We will move now... To our UFC on Prague breakdown, Gumby, I wonder, is this UFC Prague breakdown brought to our fans by any fine company? Well, of course, this UFC Prague breakdown is brought to you by Sheath Underwear. Listen, the underwear game seems to have not changed for a very long period of time, but it's changed now, and it's especially changed if you work out or do lots of physical activity, which I'm guessing most of my listeners do. So, if you're a guy and you work out and you do lots of physical activity, head to sheathunderwear.com because you're going to check out a type of underwear that is not quite boxers and it's not quite briefs. That's right. You can wear boxers when you exercise, but everything's going to flop all over the place. You're going to be very uncomfortable and wish you had some support. You could also wear briefs and you can have that support, 
and feel super sweaty and like your guys are being crushed, now you can get the freedom of boxers and the support of briefs all in one with the innovative front pocket from Sheath Underwear. It allows your guys to be supported but also promotes airflow so that they're cool and they're collected and you don't have to worry about all that flopping around. Plus, they're antimicrobial and moisture wicking so your guys don't get sweaty and if they do get sweaty, they stay pretty dry. And now for a limited time, you can get those underwear from sheathunderwear.com using our promo code FLOW, F-L-O, for 20% off. Now, we're going to go over to the UFC Prague breakdown. Uh, I'm going to start in the main event. The main event right now is a pick'em. Both fighters betting off at negative 115. I'm going to take Jan Blankovic over Tiago Santos. I know this is kind of a crazy pick because a lot of people are high on the knockout power of Tiago Santos. I like Jan Blankovic's wrestling here, plus he is extremely hard to knock out. I actually think of him as a sleeper contender for John Jones coming up, so you're going to want to check out that fight. Um, the other fight I'm looking at next is I like Liz Carmouche over Lucy Putalova. Liz Carmouche betting off at negative 135 to Lucy Putalova's plus 125. I just think Carmouche is going to out-wrestle her, plus Putalova's first time cutting down. I think she's going to be weaker. I think she's going to have a tougher time uh, keeping that cardio up. And then in the third fight, you know I'm not going to leave you with an underdog. I'm going to go with John Dodson over Peter Jan. A lot of people are high on Jan, but look, John Dotson's a guy who lost a split decision to Marlon Marias, a fight that I think he won, and he's betting off here at plus 235. That's incredible value. Get some money in on John Dotson before I drop all of mine and make that line go down. John Dotson over Peter Jan, I think he's too fast. I think he's going to stop the wrestling, and I think you're going to see it all. So once again, that's Jan Blankovic over Tiago Santos, Liz Carmouche over Lucy Pudilova, and the shocker John Dotson over Peter Jan. This has been another episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast on Flow. We thank you guys for tuning in. We also want to thank Flow for having us on each and every week. We couldn't do it without them. Plus, we couldn't do it without our sponsors, ADK Fightwear, Sheath Underwear, and Maroon Social. Uh, also, make sure you check out our Twitter at uh, Top Turtle MMA at Top Turtle MMA on Twitter. We've got a lot of cool things going on there. There's going to be some giveaways coming up, especially a big one for UFC 235. So make sure you check that out. I was Daniel Gumby Reland. He is Shockwave Dave Tremonte, and we will see you next week.